Hey, it's episode 217, and today we're chatting about having a healthy relationship to your body and food, changing your perception and trusting your body, finding a balance between good and bad foods. Now, those were in air quotes. Come on, guys. And wellness being the new diet culture. Our guest today is Amanda Perry. She's taking over the show. Now, Amanda is a certified holistic health coach, yoga teacher, healthy foodie, wellness enthusiast, and fitness lover dedicated to helping her clients find their vision of wellness. During her battle of chronic dieting and emotional eating, she began on a quest to finally master freedom, purpose, and ease around food. Through her coaching and online programs, she now works with women to transform and nourish their mind, body, and spirit so that they have the energy and vibrant health necessary to finally build a better relationship to food and a healthy lifestyle they love and can sustain with a newfound level of energy, confidence, self-love, abundance, and possibility. I love that word abundance. It is massively my word, probably into 2020. I just love that word, don't you? If you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Your question will be posted um, in an upcoming episode, and I can't wait to answer it. Uh, you can also catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. If you're looking for the notes for today's show, just look for episode 217 at ketodietpodcast.com, and we'll have everything outlined for you there. Also, starting in 2020, I can't even believe in just a couple of weeks, I'm starting a brand new podcast called Love Rebel. Nothing's going to be happening to the Keto Diet Podcast. It's staying as it is, beautifully wonderful as it is. I'm just adding more to my plate. Yay! <laughs> you can look for Love Rebel in your favorite podcast player. There's an episode there waiting for you, and many more will be added in a couple of weeks. My intention with Love Rebel is to share love, to show you how I am finding love in everyday experiences, how I'm seeing love in other people and myself. So if you are interested in boosting up your love and abundance and confidence and energy and many of the things that Amanda is sharing about today, go on, find Love Rebel, and I will see you there very soon. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get started with the show. Hey, guys, and welcome back to the Keto Diet Podcast. My name is Amanda Perry, and I have the absolute honor of taking over the podcast today. And I first off want to start by saying thank you so much, Leanne, for having me on your podcast. I am honored to be here and share this space with your listeners. And honestly, you're one of the only podcasts that I listen to religiously. So I just want to say thank you for always putting out great content. So I am here to spend some time to talk with you about my personal story into health and wellness and how it's gotten me to where I am today, as I see this similar story in a lot of other women that I talk to, family members, friends, clients, and I'm hoping that a part of this may resonate with you. So today, we are going to talk about having a healthy relationship with your body, trusting your body, finding a balance between quote unquote, good and bad foods wellness being the new diet culture, and so, so, so much more. So I hope you keep listening. 
So my name is Amanda Perry, and I am the person behind Amanda Perry Mind Body Wellness. I live in Metro Detroit with my husband and our two pugs. I am a holistic health coach and a registered yoga teacher, and I help women completely transform and nourish their mind and body and spirit so that they have the energy and the vibrant health necessary to finally start living a life full of freedom and purpose and abundance. And since starting in this health and wellness journey, I have lost 100 pounds and have been maintaining that for about three and a half years now. And that's kind of what inspired me to become a health coach and a yoga teacher so that I can share my experiences as my own healer. Now, for anybody who doesn't know me, or maybe for people who have been following me, but don't quite know my whole story of how I got here, I will try and give you the quickie version of how my story evolved. So I grew up eating cereal and ice cream for breakfast, and my sister and I used to be able to drink an entire two liter of pop every day. Now, my mom was a single mom and cooked when she could, but she never really pushed us to eat our veggies. I didn't have much knowledge about the proper nutrition, and it never really occurred to me to question whether I liked the foods that I was eating or to realize what they could be doing to my long-term health. Now, since I didn't realize that they were a problem, I just thought that it was normal to feel like crap all of the time. So fast forward a few years later, everything changed when I was going through my engagement photos. I had noticed that I had lost a lot of weight, you know, feeling like I had completely just let myself go. And something just clicked. And kind of overnight, I just decided, you know, I'm going to try and become healthy. So I set a goal for myself to lose X amount of pounds before my wedding that following year. So I started to learn more about health and nutrition and, you know, looking at resources that were probably not the best. But at the time, I thought it was quality information and it really helped me transform my life. So I started to realize that exercising and eating better could make me feel so much better. So I became really fixated on this idea that I kept seeing how much food was changing how I felt. And when I eliminated the starches and carbs and sugars and fruit, you know, I felt so much better. So I started to become really afraid of those foods and I never wanted to eat them. And this turned into orthorexic behaviors. And I just became obsessed with making sure that my diet was as clean as possible because I thought that that was what you were supposed to do to feel better and lose weight and just to be overall healthy. And at the same time, I had gotten into exercise and it was making me feel a lot better. You know, and I was starting to see those changes in my body. I was losing weight and I started to become really addicted to my workout routine and just felt like more was better. I was really burning myself out and doing way too much for my body. I was also unknowingly eating way too little for my body. I was looking up, you know, what was healthy, what was a healthy meal, what was a healthy amount of food to eat. And it, it was just all way too little. And I had read somewhere that eating 1200 calories a day was what a woman was supposed to do to lose weight. So I was exercising a lot and I was probably eating about, you know, 800 calories a day. And I know now that that is just not at all healthy. But at the time, I didn't realize that. So with all of this, I was dropping a lot of weight. I had dropped about 70 pounds in the span of six months. And at first, I didn't really recognize what was going on. I mean, people were telling me how great I looked, asking me what I was doing, what my workout routine was, what I was eating. You know, they wanted to copy me and they wanted advice. And I couldn't tell what the truth was because when I looked in the mirror, I saw the girl that I had always been. And I wasn't seeing this weight loss as anything as unhealthy. And Honestly, you don't really know what those comments mean to someone. So by telling someone that you look, you know, insert, insert compliment word here, 
you look great, you look skinny, you look fit, you know, all those things. Well, those are like a marker in your mind that you now have to measure. Like, okay, well, if I'm not at this weight, then that means that I must not be good enough or I must not be attractive to society or just things like that. So I think that it's incredibly triggering. And I can say from personal experience that those compliments, when I wasn't getting them, I was thinking that something was wrong. So being healthy and losing this weight suddenly took a different meaning in my life. Everything became smaller portions, low fat, fat free, all of these diet things that I was really trying to fill up with during the day. And I just remember being super restrictive. I was obsessed. I was measuring my body all of the time, my waist, my boobs. I was weighing myself all the time, you know, measuring my clothes over exercising, under eating, all of these things. And I had started to incorporate cheat meals because I had read that those are the typical things that people did. And I would start having these cheat meals and it started off, you know, pretty innocently as a cheat meal. We would go out to dinner and we would have some dessert or something like that. But then as time progressed, the cheat meals started to become more frequent and then they would become cheat days and then cheat weekends. And before I knew it, they were happening all of the time. And I think when they started to become a disordered eating behavior is when they were becoming a secret. So I was living with my fiance and the times that I would start to have these cheat meals would be when he wasn't there. Now, the last straw for me was during a really bad food binge. I had, I had found myself curled over, not being able to even stand up with how much pain I was in. And I thought the only way to relieve myself of this unbearable pain was to try and make myself throw up. So in that moment, all I kept thinking was, this is too much. I won't do this. I won't go that far. And after that, I had sought out a counselor and eventually, you know, I did the deep healing work, but I had to ask myself, how can I use food to help me instead of hurt me? How can I understand food in a way that I actually get how to eat so that I feel good in my body, you know, so that I feel energized and I feel level-headed, feel balanced, all of those things. I knew it was what I had to do. So for the first time, I started looking at nutrition versus dieting. I was listening to a bunch of podcasts, watching different videos, different things like that. And I started to feel better. And I started to eat more rather than less and thought, okay, this is what it's going to take, but also finding a way to nourish my body. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. 
So through this whole process, I basically realized the healing power of food and how powerful nutrition was and how it has completely transformed my life and so many other people. I mean, the stories that you hear that there are a lot of illnesses and diseases out there that people say are untreatable or people have no hope. But changing someone's diet and lifestyle can get rid of so many symptoms, if not reverse illnesses. And I know that that's a big statement to say, but I really believe that it can have a huge impact on our health. So I was coming from a place of trying to fix my health with all good intentions, but all of the information that I was being fed was BS, low calorie, overtraining, but I thought that's what healthy was. I thought that weight loss was healthy. I thought that, you know, that working out so much was healthy, all of these things, but they're not. And I want people to get some real solid health information and not be duped the way that I was. So I decided to go back to school to become certified as a health coach. And initially I started helping people lose weight. And very quickly, I got really clear that I did not want to help people lose weight because of my own history and triggers that came up during my weight loss journey. And I realized that people's obsessions with weight loss was creating a very unhealthy relationship with food and also with their bodies, which then influenced their entire lives. So very quickly, I was like, I actually want to help people heal their relationship with food as opposed to helping them lose weight, thinking that that will result in a healthy relationship with food. And what's hard because when people come to me, that's what they think they're there for. And that's what they think is healthy. You know, health is not defined by your weight. So I had to try and bridge that gap. A lot of it had to come with changing what I was talking about. So like literally, what am I talking about online and on Instagram? And I started to specifically talk to an earlier version of myself, so to speak, like talking to the version of myself that used to think that there was a perfect diet out there and I just hadn't found it yet. And the version of myself that really thought that the happiness and fulfillment in her life depended on her body looking a certain way. So when I had client calls, I was just really vocal. I am not anti-weight loss. I'm just not going to focus on that. And if the main thing that you want to focus on is losing weight, then that's fine. And I'm not the right coach for you, but that's okay. You know, I'm really passionate about helping free up women from the pressures of having the perfect body and pursuing thinness. I really think that it just takes up so much brain space. Like what if you were spending more mental space on something else? Like sometimes I do have bad body days, but overall I'm a million times better, but I'll have days where it'll come back and I'll feel like I'm the same person that I was 10 years ago. But I try to think, you know, what if I were thinking about productive things and made more space for those things? And I think that we've been brought up to think that bigger bodies are bad. And it's hard because you are told something from the moment that you were born. You literally see it on the billboards. You see it on TV. I mean, how many of our parents, our moms or dads have, are, have constantly talked about dieting since we were little? I mean, bigger bodies equal bad and thin bodies equal good. And it takes someone to tell you that that's not the case. Then you have to relearn why that's not the case. And you have to convince yourself that it's true again. So I had to convince myself that because, you know, I still sometimes see myself falling into old habits. Like, oh, if I gain a little bit of weight, then that means that I'm not being as healthy as I should. Or, you know, that's not true. It's just my body is going through different seasons of life. And so I have to reteach that to myself and to my clients by being open to the possibility of having your perception changed. So ask yourself, are you open to viewing bodies from a neutral standpoint? Are you open to having weight neutrality? And are you willing to practice health at every size? Which, by the way, is a really known book in the space by Dr. Linda, Linda Bacon. So opening your awareness, and that's with anything. It's 
not just with chewing, choosing to see your body different. It goes with changing careers. It goes with all of these false stories that we tell ourselves. It goes with anxiety and depression. You know, are you willing to change your perception? And I think that's just step one. Are you just open to the possibility that you can see things differently? And also, I think that sometimes something that's really powerful, at least in my experience, is getting present to what the pursuit of thinness is costing us in our lives and what is it costing us to be at war with our body. And I really like the quote by Louise Hay, like you've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try improving yourself instead. And I think that when we realize the pain of where we're at and we've had enough or like I truly want my body to feel better, you're more open to realizing that it's not just based on your body and the way that your body looks. So one thing that helps me, so I found a lot of times, I, I feel like women in particular, we are so used to in our roles of being nurturers and caretakers, we're so used to taking care of other people and looking to other people. And one thing that's helped shift my mindset some is I started by being kinder to other women, because I feel like I was doing something nice for them, because it's often hard for me to do something nice for myself first. And I mean, it was horrible. I would look at somebody and think, geez, she's going to break the chair. Like she needs to get it together. I mean, I was mean. By doing something nice for them instead, I was able to kind of take the steps into reducing that self-talk with myself because I wasn't judging them. So that constant thought of fat is bad, bigger bodies are bad, wasn't always running on repeat in my head. So it's interesting. When you think about the language that you use toward people, it's the language that you're probably using toward yourself. Like if you're having those thoughts, you are probably thinking, you know, if you say that's bad on them, then that definitely means it's bad, bad thinking on you. When I'm dealing with people or talking with people who are struggling with body image, you know, I would say, what if this was your friend? Like take yourself out of this position for a second. What would you say to them? Like, how would you as an outsider explain to them how to go through this new thought process, you know, building them up instead of pushing them down? Now, we need to think of ourselves just being kinder to others and thinking of others helps us be kinder to ourselves. And I know that that's something that I've struggled with too. And when I've worked with clients, is that sometimes we feel like we have to go from one spectrum to the next, like we're feeling low and now we want to feel high. And it's like this black or white thinking, but it's taking these baby steps. And I feel like everywhere you look at self-love, positivity, affirmations, and all of those things are wonderful. And I am one to promote affirmations and self-love talk, but I think it's showing people that you don't have to go from zero to 100 right away. And also sometimes you're not going to believe it and that's okay. I mean, people think that you're supposed to be like, I love myself, I am beautiful, my body is perfect. And it, it feels so fake. It makes you feel like, you know, what's wrong with me that I'm saying I love myself in the mirror every day and I don't feel it. And then you're just back to the place where you're bummed out because you're like, I'm saying my saying I love myself, but it's not working. Some people just find it so unattainable. They're like, that's not going to happen. This is how I've been. This is my mindset. This is how I am. It's not going to change. You know, just be open to the fact that it's possible that your opinion, your perception and your mindset can change. And then I think that practicing friendliness and being kinder to yourself, and maybe, you know, you start with things that you believe are true before you really jump into those things that you don't really believe are true. So start with something that you believe is true, such as like, I'm a really great mother, or I'm a really great friend. And then you can work towards things that are uncomfortable, like my body is beautiful. But 
I really think that body acceptance comes first before body love. And I think that body acceptance doesn't require you to actually like anything about the way that you look. It just requires you to accept that this is the body that you have today. So one of the analogies that I first heard on another podcast that I've started using because I just think it's so amazing is that saying, you know, you accept the fact that the sky is blue and you might hate the color blue, but that doesn't change the fact that the sky is blue. And if you wanted to, you could spend your days fighting against the fact that the sky is blue, trying to convince yourself that it should be green, or you could just go on living your life like, well, I don't really like the color blue, but whatever, the sky is blue. And then you can in turn, turn that onto your body and be like, you know what? This is the way that my body looks. I may not like the way that my body looks, but this is how it looks. And do I want to spend my day hating my body and wishing that it was a different size, wishing it was green? Or do I just want to be like, okay, this is my body and I'm going to live my life today. And I think that practicing and getting to that place of body acceptance at least allows us to not have so much of our happiness and our mood be influenced by our size because we are at this place that, well, this is how it is today. And I think that I just want to go about my day and be happy and feel better. And I'm not forcing you to like it. And once you get to that point of acceptance, then I think you open up more space in your mind and in your life to make the improvements that you want to make. Like that reminds me of a situation, you know, if you hate your job, I feel like my husband does this all the time. He'll complain about something like complaining isn't going to do anything. And sometimes you need to vent. Okay, that's fine. But take a job, for example, you can sit there and loathe and complain and hate, but that's not going to change the fact that you're still at your job, right? So you, you have to accept the fact that this is where I am right now you know, let's at least accept the situation at hand, then that opens up the space for, well, maybe what is something that I can do to take one step forward? Or what is something I can do to make my day better? Like maybe I'm not quitting my job and, you know, but what's one thing that I can do to make it a little bit better? And then from there, you can build a little bit more confidence and happiness. And then you build a little bit more and more. And eventually you're like, okay, I'm going to do this thing or, or whatever it is. You know, if it's not your body, it's your job. If it's not your job, it's your house. If it's not your house, it's your car. You know, we are a society of people that likes to look for problems because then that's what occupies us. You know, we feel like we have a purpose if there's a problem that we are overcoming. So if it's not one thing, it's the next. And that's what I've learned. It's not always about the body. It's not always about whatever your situation is. It goes so much deeper. It really goes down to the self-love and being content with where you are and your life at that moment. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. CBD oil. I'm sure you've heard of it and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options and concerned it'll get you high. My family has been supplementing with CBD oil for the last two years and I'm impressed with the results. And no, we don't get high on the stuff and neither will you. So why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic and blockchained CBD products, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD, not pesticides. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids, all good things. Here is your special podcast-only offer. Head over to healthfulpursuit.com slash CBD 
Use the coupon code Keto Diet for 20% off all Eaton Hemp CBD products. If you're unsure of the link, check out today's show notes. So I want to shift a little bit and talk more about the food side of things. There is so much nutritional information out there. Googling for nutrition is like opening Pandora's box. Each diet will prove to you 100% why it's for you. But we are taking the trust away from our bodies and relying on a diet or a program or whatever. You know, each diet can be good for multiple reasons, but it can also be bad for multiple reasons. And none of them are wrong, but none of them are necessarily right either. We need to trust our bodies. Don't look to the outside world for how and when or what to eat. You know, it's true that we are so disconnected from our bodies that we forget how wise they truly are. You know, what helps me is when I think about babies, like babies don't have a book to follow. They know when they want to sleep. They know when they don't feel well. I mean, they know when they're hungry, all of these things. You know, it it reminds me when your parents used to say you have to finish your plate or you have to keep eating. You know, when little kids know when they don't want something or little kids know when they don't want to do that anymore. And I feel like that's where it starts. You know, we force things onto our body that it doesn't naturally want. But I guess all all of that to say is when you think of it from that perspective, you remember that your body is truly wise and it is built to work and is built to work well. We just have to go back to that foundation. And there's thousands of years of evolutionary biology happening. And we've evolved as a species and our biology is designed for a reason. You know, your body is the only unbiased source of information in the world. Your body is not going to lie to you. And I think that we can all recognize signs that there might be something in our body that we need to address. Because I think it's really easy to be able to super identify when things aren't feeling right. But a question that I often get is, what are some signs that your body is thriving? Like if you're treating it well and you're doing things, you know, what are the signs that things are going well? And I absolutely think that your energy level is a really good indication of you taking care of your body and the quality of your sleep and your mood. That's really important. And and then your digestion. You know, when your body is at homeostasis, all of those things that I mentioned, it works well. You know, your sleep, your mood, your digestion, you will just have to be able to tune into that. I think the first step is being in tune with those core pieces, because a lot of times I think that we don't even realize it. We're just like, oh, I didn't sleep well or, oh, my digestion is off, or, oh, I'm just in a funk today. But we need to get curious about those things and see them as signs. And I think that we normalize it and we really are used to normal. You know, it's not until we feel worse or we feel better when we realize that we can have a new normal. You don't know what you don't know. So it's like, you know, you feel this certain way, then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, I feel, I can feel this way in my body. Like, you don't know what it feels like to not be bloated, So you just think that that's what your body feels like. And a lot of times people are like, I didn't even know that that changing up my diet, even this little bit or taking away this food trigger for me, you know, could help me feel so much better. And then once you open up that box, you get comfortable exploring and doing a little bit more each time. And another question that I often get asked about is balance. Eating healthy foods is okay. And then eating pizza is okay. So how do you marry those things? Well, because obviously we do want to feed our bodies nourishing things, but it's okay if you have your ice cream and it's okay if you have your pizza. And I think that in a world of health, some of us have gotten really all or nothing. We've gotten really black or white on the wagon or off the wagon. And we've really gotten to this point of you need to eat clean or you're eating poison. And I really think that it's that all or nothing attitude that flips so many of us up and has us feeling bad when we're eating in a certain way that we see is not okay. 
And so for me, you know, what I teach others is like really understanding that there is a happy medium. There is this place where you can eat nourishing foods that feel good for you on a biological, physical level. That's going to feed your cells and decrease inflammation. But it's also really important fundamentally as humans to receive pleasure from our food. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a kale salad and avocado toast, but I love French fries too. And I think getting pleasure from food is just hardwired into our biology. Like we have a natural inclination to seek out pleasure and avoid pain and understanding that it's natural and normal and even healthy to allow yourself to receive pleasure from foods that may not be biologically nourishing, but they're emotionally nourishing is really important. And I think that we have a very polarizing world in health, especially right now, where it's like processed foods are the devil. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of problems with processed foods and fast foods, but I think having this mindset that you can't have it is problematic. And it makes people feel bad and makes people want to rebel where they're like, they go from, oh my God, I don't want anything to do with healthy food and they rebel against it or they end up getting into this diet binge cycle where they feel really bad about themselves for eating those foods. And so I like to encourage people to embrace the idea that you can have it all. Food is just food. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And your body will tell you. I mean, we don't eat French fries every day. If you eat French fries every day, you're not going to feel great. If you eat pizza every day, you're not going to feel great. But if you're eating food in general, regardless of what it is that is serving your body and you enjoy French fries, it's that holistic view. Like I'm serving my body, not only nutritionally in all of these other ways, but I'm serving it spiritually. I'm serving it emotionally. That is part of being human. We have all of these sides to us, mind, body, and spirit. We've got to feed it all. So if you actually start to tune into your body, so many of us think that if we aren't eating healthfully, then we are literally going to be face, face first in a bag of Chips Ahoy all day. But if you're listening to your body, you're going to end up feeling pretty crappy if you are putting in foods that aren't really nourishing and like nourishingly dense foods. And it's only a matter of time before your body says that I'm really sick of Chips Ahoy and I just want a kale salad. Like I can remember last year, my husband and I went to Jamaica and we stayed at an all-inclusive resort. So we could eat as much or as little as we wanted while we were there. But we allowed ourselves to indulge in the foods that we wanted or the foods that we knew we wouldn't get on a regular basis. But, you know, by the end of the trip, I ended up telling him, I just want a sweet potato. Like I cannot wait to go home and eat a sweet potato. So, you know, if we are in tune with our bodies and we trust our body, and we aren't constantly trying to control it and manipulate it by, manipula by manipulating our food, our body is going to be like, you know, we want to feel good. So these foods make us feel good. It's okay to have French fries, but eventually it'll be okay to want kale again. And I get asked all of the time, do I eat regular versions of things? Like, do I eat the fat version or the cheat version of things like pasta, for example? And truthfully, I love the alternative pastas not because they're good or clean, but because I feel physically better when I eat them. I don't even think, you know, of things as this good or bad. It's just if I think of it, you know, if I'm going to an Italian restaurant or eating something else, I don't feel as good. But when I eat like bonza, for example, with some pesto, like I feel wonderful. It tastes good and it makes me feel good. And also I should note that I'm not talking about mentally we feel good. I'm saying physically we feel good. So I've learned over the years that when I eat white flour, and I've just learned this through, you know, years of becoming an intuitive eater and doing multiple elimination diets, I've realized that white flour really spikes my blood sugar and then it drops it. So I just want to take a nap afterwards. 
So my desire to eat like the regular pasta, as people would say, isn't very high. And on top of that, I don't view it as regular pasta and bonza as healthy pasta. I just view it as one is made with wheat and one is made with chickpeas. I don't have it in my mind as one is good and one is bad. I am just like, this is the one that I would rather eat. And I have definitely been present in the recent conversation in the eating disorder or body positivity community that have been saying that wellness culture is the new diet culture and that eating bonza pasta is eating the diet version of pasta. But ultimately what it does is it comes back to your mindset and your mental framework. So if your perception of yourself is that if you're eating the bonza pasta, you're eating good or you're being good. And the perception of yourself is that when you're eating pasta with white flour, then you're being bad. It's not really about pasta. It's literally about how you think about the pasta. I hope you're really enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. Snap a pic and tag me at Healthful Pursuit or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. So that's what I tell people. I'm not trying to promote clean eating. I'm truly promoting intuitive eating. And I'm really passionate about the health of my body. And I'm really passionate about feeling good. And I've learned that eating this way makes me feel awesome. You know, it's not about the foods that you eat. It's about what you think about the foods that you eat. And I have very much used to have hard opinions about certain types of foods. I was really like, you know, I'm okay if I eat this way and I'm not okay if I eat this way. And if I cross that line of not okay, all hell breaks loose and I'm off to the races. But, you know, I would eat one food not on my okay list and I would just be face first in a tub of ice cream all day for the next five hours. But I would eat one food on my not okay list and I would just be like face first in a tub of ice cream for the next five hours. So getting to a place of food neutrality to a degree, you know, getting to a place that you're okay no matter what you choose to eat is more powerful than saying all foods are equal. But just realizing that you're okay for what you choose to eat, not that you're okay based on what you eat, because you're okay no matter what you eat. It's like realizing that you're not the food. You are the constant. You're not going to change your mindset, your person, who you are, your spirit, depending on the pizza or the pasta that you eat. You know, wellness gets a bad rap sometimes, but I think people are starting to just open up and say that there is a different way. And if people continue to share the side of wellness or this way of living, I think it's going to open up women to this idea of really loving who they are and not thinking of food as good or bad or manipulate your body. And I think that oftentimes, if we're not okay with how we look, we're not okay with how we eat. And if we're okay with how we look, then we're okay with how we eat. And if we're not attached, if our self-worth is not attached to our body looking a certain way, then we're not going to be attached to a certain way of eating. We're just going to eat what we want to eat and eat what tastes good and what makes us feel good. You know, we're not going to eat in a way to change our bodies because we're okay with our bodies. You know, you have to accept who you are or the way that you are. So this conversation has been so wonderful. Thank you, Leanne, seriously, for letting me hang out on your podcast. Everyone is, is lucky to have us all, to have people and coaches who are doing this work and sharing their story. You know, we need to continue talking about this more and more. I think women are realizing how important this is to us really embodying our female energy and our female balance and our place in the world. And I think that bringing us up from this body stigma and having a relationship with food that honors ourselves and allow us to powerfully show up because food really affects us, like our energy and our mood and our health. 
and it really affects what we're able to do in our day-to-day lives. So yes, it's a very holistic, like zoomed out lens on the issue. But I think that having a good relationship with our body and food really allows us to powerfully show up in our lives. You know, we are realizing that we are worth it. And that's why this is all starting to unravel. You know, we don't need to be bound by our food anymore. We don't need to be bound by our body or by our job or society. I I think that for the longest time, you know, our brains were colonized with this belief that women were supposed to be a certain way, do a certain thing, you know, look a certain way, be seen, not heard, you know, all of that. And collectively, we are leaving the colony and lifting each other up and letting our voices be heard. And I think, I think that's why it's so uncomfortable too, because you have to face your So right now, what is happening is a lot of us are either facing it head on and having these conversations and making it out on the other side and sharing, or some of us are in this space where we're like, I understand that something is wrong, you know, what's happening, and you're either going to shut down, but so many of us are sharing our stories that it's encouraging everyone else, like, don't do that. Don't revert back. Like, we're going to push through. We're going to make this happen. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I had such a great time on here. Again, Leanne, I am so grateful to be able to be on here and chat with all of you. You know, you can find more about me and my story and what I do online at www.itsamandaperry.com. And that's Perry with an A. So it's P-A-R-R-Y. Or I'm always active on Instagram. So you can find me over there at It's Amanda Perry, I-T-S-A-M-A-N-D-A-P-A-R-R-Y. I would love to hear if anything resonated with you from this episode. So you can always reach out to me on Instagram and I would love to chat with you. I hope you guys have a rest of your day and I hope we chat soon. Bye. Oh, Amanda's so wonderful, isn't she? That was just so great. I hope you enjoyed it. Next up on the Keto Diet Podcast, Sunday, December 29th, episode 218. I'm chatting with you about how to make New Year's resolutions that don't make you go crazy. Wednesday, January 1st, we have episode 219, and I am gifting you the ultimate exogenous ketones guide, guide, guide. Yes. It's epic. I'm talking everything exogenous ketones. I'm summarizing everything I've ever learned about exogenous ketones. If you're starting 2020 with the goal of being in ketosis a ton and you're wanting to use exogenous ketones to get you there, listen to this episode before you make any changes. So episode 219, Wednesday, January 1st, watch for that and I will see you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 